I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind, and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Makes him feel mellow. Welcome to I Like Beer, the podcast where we discuss great beers and the stories that go with them. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, Jeff. Today, the band is back together. We've got uh, Dr. Todd. Aloha. We've got producer Joe. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. And sound engineer Tom. Check one, two, check one, two. Welcome, everyone. Yeah, we are friends who love good beer and telling stories, so we turned it into a podcast. Right, and I didn't say that we are a podcast with a very broad reach and listening audience, and I can vouch for this because uh, I just uh, went to a ton of breweries in Texas, and uh, we now have stickers and logos on the back of most bathroom restroom doors in <laughs> and throughout Texas breweries, so just doing my part. Nice job. Thank spreading you. the word. Spreading the word. Carrying the torch and spreading the word. One bathroom door at a time. <laughs> right next to the for a good time call. I like beer. <laughs> so if you're a brand new listener from Texas because you saw our sticker, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, howdy and welcome. Teachers by day, beer drinkers by mid-afternoon. We're lucky enough to live in North County, San Diego. Sunny and warm all year long. Right. Home to over 200 breweries and tap rooms. That's why we say beer mecca within a beer mecca. Beer mecca yeah, that's yeah. pretty incredible too, actually, when you think about the numbers that you have, the a plethora of opportunities that we have available to us here in San Diego. So again, welcome. Pour yourself a beer, pull up a bar stool, and join us. And of course, as always, please find and follow us on social media at I Like Beer the Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I Like Beer the Po one, and I Like Beer the Ta one on Twitter and uh, make sure you visit our website. I like beer, the podcast.com to learn more about us. And don't forget you can virtually toast with us on untapped. We're pretty easy to find. Uh, just look for us under the, I like beer, the podcast uh, with any of our names. I was getting very envious of your untapped while you were on your road trip to. Yeah, <laughs> I was excited. I hit, I hit elite, which, uh, you know, Hey, once you're elite, whoa, I don't know. I might as well just stop whoa. and retire. No, no, don't uh, stop. Oh no, don't no, stop. I won't. You, but, you are the I, trailblazer. I felt really sad though. It, it, it was a little hollow to hit elite just pretty much by myself. So I don't know if that means That's I have a problem. I mean, it's much more fun when you, when you accomplish <laughs> these goals, drinking with friends. Uh, you versus... may have a problem, but you're also a trailblazer and a, a mentor and a hero. Yeah. There, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'm gonna put that in my bio on Untapped. Yeah. I think it's good that you didn't like it. It'd be a problem if you hit it. Oh, if I enjoyed it. It's really fun like... drinking by myself. Let's do more of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Joe, I had promised you 1,500 on Instagram by the new year. I'm we're probably a couple of weeks away. I'm at 1425. So I, I do hope we have picked up some new Texas listeners who also have Instagram yeah, and will yeah. go check us out there because we're so close. 75. That's what that's, we need. Yeah. yeah, we'll get it. We'll get it. I hope so. Another quick update. We're at 9,700 downloads. So oh my we, gosh. So if we could hit 10,000 by, by we'll the end finish, of the year. We'll yeah. finish the year with 10,000. That's impressive. Yeah. Rock and roll. Good job, Joe. What was our yeah. goal for year one? A hundred? Yeah, I think yeah. like five. Well, <laughs> at least five. Uh, we I wanted mean, we for had, all there of us. There, to... was, there was one of us. If each of us downloaded it at least once and we maybe got our, our spouses to download it, we could hit double digits. Ten right. was it. Yeah, it was reasonable. Yeah. Well, it's December holiday season. So tonight we are celebrating Festivus, the holiday made famous by Seinfeld with its own unique traditions. 
What is Festivus? It's nothing. It's nothing. When George was growing Jerry, up, no. his father no. hated all the commercial and religious aspects of Christmas, yeah. so he made up his own holiday. Oh, and another piece of the puzzle falls into place. So you're saying a Festivus for the rest of us. That's right. Nice. That's right. What do you guys remember about Festivus? I'm a Seinfeld fan. I remember uh, Feats of Strength. It's time for the Festivus Feats of Strength. And I got to go with uh, airing of grievances. And at the Festivus dinner, you gather your family around and tell them all the ways they have disappointed you over the past year. I remember that aluminum pole. And is there a tree? No, instead there's a pole. Requires no decoration. I find tinsel distracting. And I've been told to remember Festivus miracles. (laughs) Well, that's correct. Good job. Good job reading your notes. Joe, say Festivus Miracles right here. Yeah. That pretty much in and of itself. I have a, a self-proclaimed Festivus Miracle if you want it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what is it? So good. So Skip and Ping are the mascots of Festivus, declared by me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and if you click your heels three times at noon and midnight on Festivus, you will help Skip and Ping get an egg. Oh, oh, that's that's that. Hopefully, a you're fertilized a egg this year. Yes. Yeah, you're a giver. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No promises on the fertilized, but for okay. sure an egg. For sure an egg. Well, all of those memories of Festivus are correct, and we're going to start with our own Festivus miracle right here today. We don't have to wait on this. In fact, we have two Festivus miracles coming. The first, joining us from Seattle, Washington, Paul, the shower beer guy. Welcome, Paul. Ooh, Paul, <laughs> local hero. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. How do we get Paul here? Yeah. Oh my God. How do we get him huh? out of the shower? That's the, <laughs> uh, the most of things. So. A year and a half of asking him to be on the show. That's wow. how we got him on the show. <laughs> Persistence. Paul, you look a little this wet. Is a huge Paul. Wow. Paul's been asking for a year and a half to be on the show. <laughs> I've been asking out. him. Oh, okay. All but right. there came with a caveat. Good <laughs> Thanks for the clarification. I'll yes, get to the I caveat appreciate. in a second. Oh, okay. But, I appreciate um, that. Paul. Uh, tell our listeners a little about what you do up there in Seattle and how did a San Diego kid like you end up in the Emerald City? How I ended up up here in Seattle, that's an easy one. Uh, uh, unadulterated laziness. Um, <laughs> that and, and the opportunity to go to a great school. And I guess what kept me here is uh, a great career and obviously a very robust beer community. I started off as a researcher at a major university and you know, over the years I've transitioned into admin, management, basically the comfy office job that keeps me going. With a beer fridge. And pays for a lot of beer. Yeah. Beer fridge, yeah. Yeah, beer fridge. Beer fridge. Shower beer guy, Paul, was the first person I personally knew with a kegerator. Wow. When you first arrived up in Seattle. And you, I think, I don't remember if you sent me a picture or just described it so well that I could picture it. Yeah. Well, the first one was my very first apartment was a refrigerator I scavenged off of the docks of the one of the admin buildings uh, on campus and hollowed it out. And it was one of the old timey ones with a latch where you could lock somebody in. Um, I'm assuming it was a discarded unit from uh, who knows what. It was probably radioactive <laughs> and filled with nasty things. But uh, I put my beer in it and uh, put a tap on it. And lo and behold, the first kegerator of my life began. That, that's the one I remember. So that brings up the second Festivus miracle, because I've been asking Paul to, to be on the show for quite a long time. But I've also said, and you got to send us some beer. So second Festivus miracle, Paul sent us beer from Black Raven Brewing in Redmond, Washington. 
another Festivus miracle. <laughs> so our favorite brewery from our Pacific Northwest uh, tour where we hit, what, 34 breweries? In, Something like that. In nine days? Yeah. Uh, eight. It was eight days. Eight days, Jeff, okay. It was eight days. Woo. Uh, tell us a little bit about Black Raven and, and what we're going to be drinking, Paul. Um, well, Black Raven's a, a local brewery here in the Pacific Northwest, and uh, this is one of their seasonal beers, uh, the Festivus Holiday Ale. It's a nice medium-bodied you know, ale. It's loaded with, well, holiday olfactory delights, if you will. Um, it's got the orange peel, the tart fall berries, uh, and tons of spices. guess I could label it as like mulled spices poured into beer, but I think that's, you know, I don't want to simplify it. I think Bo and the brewers of Black Raven put a lot of effort into a, a very enjoyable holiday beer. And so it's, it's complex, it's flavorful, and it's fun to drink. Cheers. 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 Oh yeah. Cheers. I'm drinking. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Ah, oh, there it is. I was waiting for that sound. Good job, team. Well, that's good. Thank you, Paul. Very nice. I have to say that of all the beers we've been sent that have sat in my fridge where I have to be patient and wait for them, this Black Raven beer has been the hardest to keep my hands off of. <laughs> One, remembering how good all the Black Raven right. beers were when we... Kitty Cat Blue stands out in, in my mind. Yeah, where yeah. I, still one of I my did, favorite favorite all time beers. I think, yeah. And we refused to get it on on our our flight. And the, right. I think Jason was the the beer team. Yeah. Does that sound right, yeah. Paul? Jason? Yeah. yeah. So I I said no. I don't want that because it has catnip and blueberries in a pale right. ale. Yeah. So yeah. no. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I know what I'm doing. And he said, <laughs> I'm going to pour you one anyway, and you're going to come back and order a pint. And and he was right. In fact, right. I think we each took home a case. A case of it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yep. So this is their Festivus Pale Ale, or Holiday Ale, excuse me, cranberries, and you, you can smell the cranberry on it right from the beginning. I, I have a question. What's the yep. galangal root? It says it has galangal root. I've never heard of galangal root. What, what well, is that's that? a question for the doctor. Yeah. You don't really want to know what oh, that root okay. is. Okay. <laughs> good, good, good question. Yes, good answer. All right. I'm just going to drink it. <laughs> I don't smell any galangal root in this at all. You know that Santa joke about tickling his balls? It's mm-hmm. something to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then I don't want to know anymore about that. So, Worse than catnip. Worse. Okay. says it should wrap you in the warmth of a snowed-in winter hearth. Well, I'm from San Diego, so I have no idea what that means. That even means. But I will tell you it's a delicious beer, and it tastes like Christmas. Oh, it's fantastic. You know how you know it's funny how we were during we were drinking all those pumpkin beers and we were saying we wish something tasted more pumpkiny. Like to me, like this is a, this tastes like what it's supposed to. Do. This is a holiday beer that the cinnamon in it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's it, I don't know about you guys. As soon as you said pumpkin, yeah, it, it almost tastes like. Pumpkin. Yeah, I, I would say it does have. A, I, like if the, if someone had given this to me in a can and said a pumpkin ale, I would have said, oh, this is the best pumpkin ale I've had. But yeah. you know what I mean. But it's got so many other tastes. It's it's a very complex uh, ale. I, I, it's funny because at first, and I think it's kind of like Kitty Cat Blues, where it reads as a pale ale. It's not a pale, don't don't drink this expecting a normal pale ale. This is this is a treat. You know what you're tasting? The quote melange of festive yes, spices. That's, exactly, that's what you're picking up. Yes, yeah. That's melange. I'm getting an aftertaste of melange. I think is what I'm getting at the end of it. And it's but it it's does fantastic. come across as a pale ale. Yes, a little bit. Just yeah. a holiday pale ale. Yeah, you know it's really I, good. I I really like this beer. I'm giving this beer on drink one. 4.75. Yeah, I'm right there. I'm a 4.5 right there. I went 4.25. Ooh. 4.75. Okay. But I, I always tend to go down a little on my first drink, but it's, it's growing on me as it warms up because I'm learning that, about it. That's what I'm wondering. Up. Is it warms up? Is it going to go down a little more of those or flavors? up a little? I don't know. We're going to see. I'm letting it warm up real quick here and see, but. So do, do we hold Will back in the corner? No, no I think Will's got to come out on this. Yeah. No, no, no. no. Come on up. 
You might wait. Will's hanging out with Melange back in the corner yeah, making uh, out yeah, back there. Yeah. Hey, Will, get your hands off Melange. What's it is? Your lips. It's so good. Well, with a beer in hand, it's time for toast, roast, and pour one out. Tom, I see you're up with a toast tonight. Yeah. Nice to be at the top of the list for a change, right? <laughs> I want. I know this is a little overdue, maybe, based upon the timing, but uh, I wanted to raise a toast to a hometown hero and Helix High School graduate and NFL quarterback, Alex Smith. Unfortunately, on November 18, 2018, his leg, for all intents and purposes, was shattered while being sacked. And for those of you who remember Joe Theismann when we were kids, it was akin to that. Some would say it was even worse. I hate to laugh at that. It just uh, makes me think of the Simpsons episode when Homer's watching sports greatest injuries and Marge turns it off. And, oh, I was just getting to Theismann. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys have never seen the photos of Alex Smith's leg injury, do yourself a favor and skip seeking oh, them out. No, no. Way to break yeah, the yeah. festivus down. Is this the yeah. airing of grievances? Right. I have a question. Did I miss that Wait, part? This is, this is supposed this, to be this I is thought, poor no, one. Ultimately, it's a feat of strength, right? Oh, this Wait, is well, hey, hey, it gets, okay. it, it's a feat of strength. Wait, exactly. Oh, okay. exactly. Right. Thank you. Isn't Tom supposed to be in the poor one out section? Well, I, I do an encore later, doctor. Mm. So, well, after a few initial surgeries, uh, he got an infection and uh, he went on to potentially losing his football career, but losing his leg and maybe even his life. But after all those 17 surgeries, many to remove the dead and infected tissues, the thought of playing again was not likely. But if by some miracle, if he somehow did manage his way back into the football field, the 16-year veteran would more than likely wouldn't be able to handle a tackle. So why would any team want him back, you would think? Have you seen quarterback play this year in the NFL? <laughs> and, well, and Kaepernick doesn't have a job. That's right. Who can wrap their freaking brain around that? <laughs> well, fast forward almost two years, hundreds of hours of sweat and determination later, and the, vent the veteran was penciled in as Washington football team's third-string quarterback. Making the team. Check. Well, in the second half of week five, Alex came in in relief and he was promptly, guess, sacked. So getting hit. Check. He went on to complete his first pass. Check. But ironically, he was sacked several more times before the game ended. No irony there. No, no, I, I, I'm, a, I'm an irony guy and I wouldn't even see irony there either. I don't think so. Sorry, Tom. Did you catch the team he plays for? Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason why well, he was in. <laughs> Jump forward to week 10, and the 36-year-old veteran made his first start in over 700 days. And not only did he start the game, he threw for a career-high 390 yards and a career-high 38 completions that afternoon, but unfortunately couldn't produce the miracle comeback as they lost to the Detroit Lions in the last few minutes. Well, lo and behold, guys, Alex keeps going. <laughs> he has his team in first place. Smith is uh, obviously the front runner for comeback player of the year this season, and I don't think there's anybody rooting against him in this regard. So toast out to Alex Smith and his incredible journey back to the game he loves. Toast, Alex. Toast, Alex. Cheers Alex. to Alex. ESPN E60 actually did a documentary on his uh, recovery and rehab 
uh, that they released out in May. So if you want to get a taste of the story in full detail, as well as maybe a few photos that you might want to miss, I, I suggest you reach out and find that. Awesome guy. Met him several times, but I knew him when he was a great kid because I met him when he was probably 12 and 13 years go. old. His, his dad was my boss, a fantastic Amazing. principal. Oh, wow. Principal Smith. Yep. Doc, you got a toast? I do. Mine will be uh, quick comparatively here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, low fruit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So Joshua, Joshua Hutagulung was hanging out it's in his house. pronounced Carl Hungus. Anyways, he was he was in uh, he lives in Sumatra, island of Sumatra in Indonesia. He's a he's a casket maker, so uh, he's sitting there in his house and he hears a big crash through his roof, and lo and behold, a five pound meteorite just plowed through his roof, stuck in his floor. He pulled it out, and he sold it for uh, first the news that was like one point eight million, but it was tens of thousands of dollars. So. <laughs> So here's a toast to Joshua, who's just hanging out in his house in Indonesia. Falling from the sky is this meteorite with lots of, it's got lots of precious metals in it and collectors want it. And he sold it for, well, who knows, somewhere between tens of thousands and 1.8 million. Anyways, he's a lot wealthier than he was. So Mine dispatcher says there's something wrong with thine cable. <laughs> wait, a minute, wait a minute. That was, that was Carl Hungus again. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Paul, you got a toast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I'd like to toast a brewery, one that I haven't been to in quite some time. Island Hop and Brewery up on Arcus Island. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, great beer, amazing location, great folks, uh, just an all-around pleasant experience when I was up there for a long holiday weekend. Um, you guys have been there. Is it yes. toastworthy? It is. It's a it toastworthy toast place. Oh, yeah. Especially that toastworthy brewery. brewery yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was brewery number one on our 34 breweries in eight days, and we it met was. Paul and his lovely wife, Amanda, there. On Orcas Island, right after we passed Lopez Island and did a, a yes, toast to um, Mike Lopez. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, and I'd also say there was a Festivus miracle because I was on Orcas Island in November and it was sunny and clear. Nice. And I could see all the way from the coast mountains of Canada all the way down to Mount Rainier and it was gorgeous with, with good beer. Excellent. So thanks, Orcas. Festivus miracle. That is. <laughs> it counts. And I can verify because he sent me a picture and I said, is it sunny? He said, yes, right now. <laughs> On to Rose. I was thinking of Rose that Frank says he finds tinsel distracting, which is a comment we say in our the Spaniard household all Christmas long. Uh, what distracts and annoys you right now during these holidays? Talent, what you got? There's a lot actually that annoys me about it, <laughs> but I'm going to go with because it seems to start earlier and earlier every year is uh, Christmas music on the radio because I actually started hearing it about November 15th this year. I heard and, it on uh, I heard it on Halloween. Oh yeah, home. I just oh. so you talk about something that just starts to grate and annoy. Um, you know, it that's that would I have to go with that. First few songs. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah get it real quick and then <laughs> like oh, wait, we got another 35 days of this. Uh, I can't do this. <laughs> no Christmas music before Thanksgiving. That's a rule yeah, in my household. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's at, at a minimum. At least. Yeah. I'm going to add to that. My my, uh, I find tinsel distracting holiday complaint list is is holiday soaps. Yeah. Any kind of holiday soaps. And, and we don't do holiday parties this year in 2020. But right. when you go to someone's house and they've yeah. replaced real soap with some form of holiday soap, 
that I'm not even sure is working. Yeah, it's got some type of cranberry. <laughs> I don't it. care always... how cute the dispenser is. Yeah, yeah. not trusting yeah. it. Yeah. Hun, <laughs> get rid of the uh, holiday soap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not coming over this year. You can have all oh, that's good. We'll leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> and that takes us to pour one out. I actually did have a roast. I don't know if you you want. Oh to hear yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but I do have a roast. Though. Yeah, so I'm, and I think Paul will enjoy this just based on the title because I'm roasting the state of Oregon. Um, <laughs> and I know the people in Washington don't like Oregon. But the reason I'm roasting the state of Oregon is because, you know, obviously during the pandemic, small independent breweries and wineries and cideries are, are basically struggling to survive this pandemic. So, what do you think a, a, a state, um, you know, government does to help those? They decide, hey, they're going to raise taxes on those businesses by about 800%. What? And what? so. Exactly. So right now it's it's up for uh, review here. The Oregon Health Authority is proposing a tax hike to generate funds for mental health and addiction services uh, as they're trying to figure out how to make up uh, some 4.4 billion COVID related shortfall in next year or the next two years budget. So again, as these places are struggling, they're saying, hey, what's the best way? Let's pile on and charge them more taxes. The sad part about that is if they end up doing that, I think you drive more of them out of business. So I'm, I'm roasting the state of Oregon because they have a great brewery scene and a winery scene, and I guess a cidery scene. I never checked out the cidery scene, and it'd be really sad for them to, to pile on these businesses when they're struggling and just trying to survive. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Hey, if you're in Northern Oregon or Central Oregon, you do yourself a favor and don't pay that extra. You just drive up to Seattle and have yourself a Mac and Jacks or a Black Raven. Or <laughs> yes. What else, Paul? What else should they come up there for? Oh, there's so many. Georgetown. George, Georgetown. That, I, Georgetown. That has Georgetown. come up an awful lot. A lot of different discussions. Georgetown. It's fantabulous. Um, there's there's a lot of beer in, in, in town and there's, there's too many to name. It's it's like saying the two hundred and you know in in your region. What was that postdoc? Uh, we went to postdoc. That was really good. Oh, yeah, yeah postdoc. Oh, great. I can. Let's yeah. see. Let's let me let me put on my thinking cap here. You know, we can talk about just locally where you know in my haunt, just in my neighborhood, uh, we've got Sumerian Triple Horn, Good Brewing, Twenty Corners, um, Mac and Jacks, Postdoc. Um, not to mention Black Raven, which is it's unfortunate that it's like two or three miles from my house. Yeah, that's too bad. <laughs> um, it's it, it, I would move closer. To, to be honest yeah. with you, yeah. Yeah. I, I would move closer. I would relocate and, if I was that uh, far. And I got to say, I have probably purchased and drank more beer in the last year than maybe the previous eleven months. Yeah, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, I am doing my darndest to make sure that I keep all these places in business. Good, thank you. And we are buying growlers and six packs by the bushel. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna retro toast all of you like Paul that are supporting <laughs> yeah, your local brewery. So there we go. Yeah. Retro yeah, toast. Good job. All right. Thank you. Now you're ready. Nothing for- like our- you're now I'm ready for pour one out. Yeah, I'm ready okay. to pour them out. All right. You want to go? Hold on. Let me Tom strap in. I know Tom, Tom. No, I think Tom's going to go first. Let me strap in real quick here. All right. We're ready to go. Let's go. <laughs> All right, Tom. Hey, folks, buckle up. Tom's had a list. <laughs> yes. He submitted a list tonight. Give me a little props here. It's It's been a few weeks since we've done one of these. So, and uh, speaking of it being a few weeks, this one's long overdue. And I'd be neglecting it if I didn't start out with pouring one out for Alex Trebek. The beloved Jeopardy host who died on November 8th at the age of 80. Yeah, died on November 8th at the age of 80. You've been saving that one. I have. We haven't done one in a while, like I said. You've been holding out. So the beloved Jeopardy host, again, died on November 8th at the age of 80 from complications after nearly two years of battling pancreatic cancer, as everyone knows. Trebek had hosted the popular quiz 
show for 37 years. 37 years, guys. 1984 is when he started. Where were you in 1984? Same, I know where I was. Same place I am now. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to Tom's story. I was never left, man. Never left. No, I was, I was there again uh, today. Let me think. 1984. Yeah, Wait, I, you I, were telling I, me a story, Tom. Yeah. Tell a story. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I walked onto that campus in 1984, and I was still there today. <laughs> Boom. Uh, well, he went on to host more than 8,200 episodes and led the show with 35 Emmys, more than any other game show in history, by the way, including seven for himself. Uh, he was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer in March of 2019. He continued to work throughout his treatment, filming his last episode on October 29th. So figure that, t- 10 days later, unfortunately. Trebek's final episode will air on Christmas Day. So pour one out for... The beloved Alex Trebek. Trebek. Uh, the next one goes to Argentine soccer legend Diego Armando Maradona, who passed away from a heart attack at the age of 60. Uh, wearing the, the traditional number 10 jersey of a playmaker, Maradona led Argentina to Soccer's World Championship in 86 and was also named co-FIFA Player of the Century in 2000, along with Wait, Pele. Madonna died? Yeah, I Madonna. Madonna died. Yeah. What like the a, hell? Like I didn't hear virgin. that. You know what? I think the thing about Madonna, too, he's honestly, I think Madonna was one of the, uh, Maradona was one of the greatest players. <laughs> but yeah, I think he also probably holds the record for most cocaine done by a, a professional athlete, too. That guy lived, yeah, that guy lived a party life of party lives. He was a, a star on and off the field, obviously. He was a, a prolific partier. In fact, yes. if you if you read stuff about him, this guy would binge from so he would play a game on Saturday. As soon as the game was over, he would binge from Saturday until or from Sunday until Thursday. He would detox on Friday so that he was ready to play the next Saturday um, yeah. and still played at that level that he played at. But I mean, that's how hard that guy was a party year and a half. So I'm amazed he made it to 60. Yeah, crazy, crazy. So toast, I guess. Yeah, toast, <laughs> toast to the toast to the La Vida Loca. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, last but not certainly not least, uh, shout out to David Prowse, the English bodybuilder, weightlifter, and character actor in British film and television, passed away at the ripe old age of eighty-five. Uh, and for those of you in the world who don't know. David Prowse was best known worldwide for physically portraying Darth Vader in the original Star Wars trilogy. I feel like you should play the Imperial Death March. Like, dun, 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 dun. Okay. I don't know. Maybe. I, I would have. I would have. But I knew I was pressed for time here. Oh, okay. Sorry. So- <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, yeah, it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, how do you talk when you're not pressed for time? <laughs> <laughs> he did not. He did not work this hard to earn the nickname Slow Mo. No, that's his nickname. By you, exactly right. Yeah. Hey, you guys aren't helping the cause here that's either true. by that's interrupting a, all the time. That's a good point. It is a good point. So we'll let listeners respond to that. Are we helping the cause or not? Let us know. Uh, prior to his Vader role, Prowse had established himself as a prominent figure in the UK as the Green Cross Man in Green Cross Code Road Safety Public Information Aimed at Children. I remember those. Uh, known for the catchphrase, stop, look, and listen. The actor always maintained that, that playing... Yeah, I do too. The actor always maintained that playing the Green Cross Code Man 
was the best job I ever had. Oh, I'm calling BS on that one. Yeah, no kidding. So, well, no, he he said even yeah, after yeah. Star Wars. Well, probably because he actually got to say, what did he say? Stop, drop, and roll. No, look. What was it? Stop. <laughs> look, look, and look, listen. Look, learn, and listen. Look, learn, and listen. Stop, drop, and roll. Because he actually got to talk. Because the sad part, honestly, he portrayed Darth Vader. He was awesome as the presence, but James Earl Jones made Darth Vader. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I get that part of it. So, Joe, a uh, quick irony check for you. Sure. He was also offered a <laughs> yes. little trivia oh, moment, <laughs> going back to our Jeopardy thing, a little trivia moment. He was offered the, uh, and sorry, Tom, if I'm stealing some of your thunder here, but this is my my middle school brain this, working. This is yeah. where I yeah. think, he was think go, cut, cut, offered cut. the role Chewbacca. <laughs> really? Which he declined because he didn't have any speaking parts. Oh, <laughs> that is irony. Yeah, I'm going to go with an easy irony there. That's know. funny. I did not know that. That's actually interesting. And now you yeah. know. And now you know. Mark Hamill posted an Instagram tribute to Prowse, calling him, quote, a kind man, much more than Darth Vader, a great actor, husband, father, a member of the Order of the British Empire, three-time British weightlifting champion, and safety icon, the Green <laughs> Cross Code man. All right. Stop, drop, and so roll. Cheers. Cheers. Stop, cheers drop, and roll. Stop, yeah, drop, and roll. Stop, and roll. Yeah. Stop, look, listen. That's what it is. <laughs> Dang. Thanks, Tom. Oh, I totally whatever. forgot. Whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this has been Tom Reads the Obituaries. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to open up a new segment uh, called uh, Not Reading the Obituaries by Talent. Uh, this is called uh, Pour One Out. And I'm pouring one out because I found this story. A little story ties into Joe because I know Joe's done some traveling. But did you guys realize that a village in Austria that was first founded back in 1825 by a, uh, a guy or a gentleman whose last name was Falk? They're going to change its name. So its name is, and I know I don't know that we, we swear on this podcast, but I'm just going to for in quotes. Uh, the name of the village was Fucking. And so what was happening is, is people would come to visit this town and they would have sex by the sign uh, that was displaying the village's name sure. out in front. Because yeah, sure. what it's else great. would you do when you see yeah, a sign that says fucking, you're, you're going to. Yeah. So anyway, so that's what Sounds happened. Ironic. So obviously those people. The, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds predictable. <laughs> it does sound a little yeah. bit. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if that's ironic. But anyway, yeah. so the people that like were living there were just getting really tired of all these people just going at it like bunnies out in front of their sign. And oh, mind your own yeah. business. So they voted recently and they are changing the name of the town to fugging. F-U-G-G-I-N-G. That'll uh, solve it. To stop people yeah. from engaging in appropriate behavior. So uh, I'm pouring one out for that name, for t town names. I will say this. I didn't see, you, you, obviously it was kind of funny because later in the thing I was looking at, it says the signs also previously had to be weighted down with theft-resistant concrete because people were stealing the signs. Didn't see that going to happen. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't say that if I was driving by and I saw that sign, I'm like, how can I steal that sign? Yeah. But anyway, and so no the change one is going to be tempted by fugging. No, no, no. It's and fixed. so that, that totally change fixed. is going to come into place at the beginning of 2021. And uh, some other just some other, you know, side note on this village. Apparently, this village is is uh, had received international acclaim before because uh, I believe in 2018, uh, Pornhub offered all of its residents a lifetime membership as one of its promos because <laughs> of the name of their town. So uh, this poor little village in Austria, you know, it's been through a lot. But they are changing their name now to Fugging. And so I think from here on out, it should be smooth sailing. Not until I January, hope. though, right? Not until January. So the okay. rest of 2020. I got to book some tickets. Hold yeah, on. you better get yeah. your tickets. They didn't change really the, the name to, to Log Jamming, huh? And that, <laughs> and that, folks, was my third Carl Hungus reference of the night.
That's why he sent me. I'm an expert. (laughs) I sure hope they cross-check that against Urban Dictionary. Yeah, Yeah, I know. Who knows? Well, you know what's become slang pretty quick in Austria. Fugging. (laughs) Fugging. All the kids are doing Like, hey, guys, we're going to go do some fugging over there. Yeah. Uh, I think all that brought is like Scotsman over. (laughs) We had to go over to fugging. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, that was Talent Does Not Read the Obituaries, my latest segment. Yeah, I got a quick pour one out for a local place. San Marcos Brewing is is calling it yeah. quits, oh. and you know, yeah, yeah, that is one tough. of our oldest breweries in in North County. Yeah, it is. Yeah, had a great honey ale too. So pour one out for San Marcos Brewing, ladies and gentlemen. This has been toast, roast, and pour one out. Can I just say this is the most fun I've had on a podcast in a couple of weeks? Yeah. <laughs> True. Good to have everyone back. Great to yeah, have Paul good. here. Good to see everybody. And before we get, we haven't even got to the Festivus celebration yet. And before we get to that, let's get to know our guest, Paul, the shower beer guy. Name that for your uh, question you sent in on one of our very first episodes. What's our shower beer? So, uh, Paul, this is a question we ask all our guests. What are your preferences and biases? Hmm. This as is a far tough as beer one. goes, beer, <laughs> not, beer, not yes, people beer. or yeah. culture. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll keep it focused. Um, preferences. Let's. I, I, I thought about this for a while, and you know, I, I really have two styles that I, I gravitate towards. They're not aligned. Um, firstly, would be German style beers, uh, the Rheinheitsgebot. You know, for the win, and you have to affect some poor TV version of a German accent when you say it. But I like straightforward Pilsners, Kolsch's. I don't want to say simple, but four ingredient, clear beers, you know, where a brewer can't hide. There's nowhere to hide. You, if you, you can't make a mistake. It speaks of your ingredients and your skill and your equipment. And, uh, and I really appreciate them when someone does it right. That's just a beer that I think you can drink for an entire month without stopping. Have you tried and that? I, and I endeavor I to do so that. every yeah, step yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like you've tried that every time. <laughs> um, and secondly, I, I really gravitate still towards West Coast IPAs. I, I may be an old fart, but uh, yeah, I really like good, strong, kick in the butt, 7% West Coast IPAs. Georgetown beer in Seattle still makes the best. I just can't stop drinking them i love them um and and both types of beers are equally enjoyable in a shower you know i mean <laughs> granted i i will say that when you when you have a good ipa and it gets a little warmer a little steamy it's not the greatest thing so it just you know pushes you to drink it faster which is always a smart move yeah saving water um, if, you, if yeah. you go faster so that's good it's environmentally friendly it, exactly and in terms of biases i don't like to diss i don't like to say things you know i don't want to talk bad about what other people do but overly fruited beers or overly flavored beers, I, I don't need a milkshake. I don't need a <laughs> strawberry smoothie. Um, I don't need a pina colada in a glass. I like beer flavored beers, but I know that means something separate to many people. Um, but I like, you know, uh, beer that's not overly flavored. So, so with um, that, I can plane, handle where, about, do you, where do you land on this Festivus then? Because well, this, this is, is still, beer but very flavorful. Yeah, it is very flavorful. And I like flavorful beers. I just don't want it to taste like somebody smashed 17 strawberries in here or something. It's just my personal preference. You know, I usually, if I can only handle one pint of it, it's, it's for others to enjoy. Thank you for your effort. (laughs) Others can enjoy it. (laughs) And that being said, I I just had a, a chili beer, a chili blonde at, at Island Hoppin, which was delicious. 
because it was a nice blonde. It was funny. It was a sunny day, 50 degrees outside. No, it was 40 degrees outside. Oh, Went for a good hike. And all of a sudden, they had a chili beer. And I'm like, well, I got to try that. And it was delicious. But I'll have one pint. I didn't need multiple. So those are beers that I don't tend to gravitate towards. I like I like standards. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out this about listener Paul, friend Paul. He doesn't do tasters. <laughs> beers, right. beers, That's a taster right. is a pint. Right, yes. I've known Paul my, most of my life, and he does not do tasters. When I try to share a beer with him, he'll look and see in the fridge, are there two of them? <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy, that's how you get to enjoy the beer. You get to know the beer. Nice. Getting to know the beer. I like that. So, hey, speaking of getting to know a beer, what, what would you be, what would you remember your first kind of wow beer? <sighs> I think this takes us back to the early 90s. Well, probably 1990 or so or thereabouts. Um, I, I think... believe Jeopardy had been on for about six years at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tom, what do you got? And Tom was, was winding still, up was his studying. first pour one out. I was going to say, I was still studying it. And I, you know, um, I would say it was more probably like Sam Adams because, you know, at that time, everybody was under the, the, three, the big three umbrellas. It was Bud Miller and Coors, and you had your various flavors of – you know, Natty Light and the Beast and all the various things we drank as young young men. MGD um, for the culture drinkers like us, the, yeah, the high area sure. guys. That's we exactly drank a lot. Right. Was lot there of, actually MGD back then? Yeah, Miller Genuine Draft drank that a lot in college. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because that's, yep. that's what the cool kids are drinking. Good, good way to say that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, college. So, um, yeah, Sam Adams really kind of was the first time I had a beer with some gravity and and, and some flavor and some complexity, and, and I appreciated it. And, yeah, you know, I, I remember distinctly being in las vegas not that there's anything wrong with this but the rather large toothless woman working behind the bar took a liking to you and let us know that there were samuel adams for the premium customers and then we drank <laughs> nothing but samuel adams the rest of the weekend nice yeah and, and right. you said i don't want to talk to her anymore no no you keep flirting yeah. with After flirt with instead of miller light <laughs> everyone has their was, job in yeah, the role. there was yeah, yeah. there was no banquet beer in our future right. it was solid sam adams um so yeah i mean i i would say that's what that's what kind of kicked me off very cool. That and that one night with her, apparently. Right. Yeah. yeah it was, Actually, it was so fabulous. you were, before that term even came around, you were the ultimate wingman before that term even became. Uh, and I think <laughs> I'm still the ultimate wingman, yes, but that's I, all right. The wingman <laughs> to score me beer. That's right. Yeah. Julie was there too. She's like, I don't want to drink this crap either. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Julie was the one who was winning all. No, she was gambling at winning. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was Sam Adams, but I, you know, all beers are good to an extent and uh, Sam Adams was the good one. And then, and then we moved on and, you know, we were introduced to Carl Strauss, you know, and that, that, that opened up Pandora's box, you know, in the early nineties. And then somebody introduced me to Sierra Nevada and then it was all downhill. Yeah. <laughs> that seems to be wait, a very wait, common, downhill. Very Should common. Was downhill. That no. was when I, well, that's why it took me 10 years to get my bachelor's degree. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> Not Dan Hill and his beer enjoyment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> oh, Sierra Nevada. We have a, a lengthy relationship. <laughs> and that's a good thing. It is a good thing. Yeah, still wonderful beer. So Very good. That's what I'll say. All I'll right. leave it at that. I like it. Well said. All right. So, Paul, last question. You ready? Yep. Give us a moment in your beer life. What's a special beer-related memory you have? Only one. Okay, so uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> This was this is a this is a tough one because well when you always have a beer in your hand. No. 
Nice. When they're all uh, when yeah. they're all when memorable, none of when them they're memorable. all beer moments. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, but actually, I, I did. I kind of pulled out the old shoebox because you know we're all of an age of we are all of an age where we didn't grow up with cell phones. We didn't have them in our high school days or our college days or in our thirties, you know? And so it's not like we can just go to our Instagram or forties. I know you can't go back to your Instagram or your Facebook or God forbid your MySpace page, you know, and see whatever you were doing back in the day. Um, And so I I pulled out a shoebox and I started flipping through some old pictures because Jeff was very thoughtful to prime me on a few questions. So I just didn't sit here and blather and waste everybody's time like I'm doing now. And yeah, lo and behold, it was just a whole bunch of pictures taken by friends and girlfriends and wives and everybody of us out, you know, backpacking and mountain biking and river rafting and trips to Mexico and camping and backyard, everything. And there was always great beers on the table in somebody's hand. And there was a lot, a lot of Carl Strauss, a lot of Sierra Nevada, you know, a lot of Deschutes Brewery and like all this stuff from the nineties that, uh, you know, by that time we, you know, the aughts, we, we switched to cameras, you know, we switched to digital and, um, but it was fun to go back and relive all those days when I had more hair and, and less of a waist <laughs> and a few less chins, <laughs> that's, yeah. but you didn't have as many enjoyable experiences yeah, and right. good beers that you now, had. Yeah. So right. That's, that's, but man, we, we had good beer and yeah. it was beautiful outside and yeah. we enjoyed it. Yeah. And we were able to go outside and do all those fun things. Mm-hmm. Each chin is a million memories, man. And now I've got a Festivus on board, and I'm getting all maudlin. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's the melange. The melange is coming. Well, it is, a, it yeah. is a Festivus tradition to have a have a newcomer visit. Did you guys know that? That that's part of the Festivus tradition to have yeah, some newcomers? Okay. Yeah. Very nice. So now, as Frank Costanza says, Welcome, newcomers. <laughs> the tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. <laughs> the airing That's of funny. grievances, kids. Supposed to be a chance to let the people in your family and friends know just how they've disappointed you over the course of the year, but 2020's been rough enough. So I thought we might air some grievances against 2020 instead of each other. We need each other more than ever now, right? True. So uh, I thought we'd go that route if if you don't mind. So here we go. Airing of the grievances against 2020. Who's up first? I'll go. I'm just going to start off just in general. Screw the whole year. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That segment's <laughs> over. Okay. Boom. I, I'm out. The whole year. Screw you. Get the fuck out of here, 2020. Yeah, I would. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. All right, yeah, I'll I'm second out. that. I was I was going with uh, 2020. You're drunk. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice. I thought about Give me your it. keys. Let's call your car. Yeah. yeah, we're done. Yeah. So I I thought about this for a second, and I felt like first of all, I'll just do it here because this is an ongoing grievance. I have this just as ongoing grievance with bull sharks. I think we've talked <laughs> about this in the past. Yeah. So I'm just going to air that out one more time. And I did a little research. Do you know what? Realize that so far this year. There have been 60 worldwide shark attacks in 2020, which is the highest number since 2013. So again, I'm just going to say, you know, give us back our lakes, our rivers, our pools, and our bathtubs, bull sharks. Uh, it's time to stay in your lane. So that that's just an ongoing grievance. Um, I thought of the same thing. 2020, I was going to say, hey, air grievance against this whole COVID thing. It's like, Jesus Christ, haven't you taken enough? Get away from us now. Yeah. But I, and I started thinking about all this, like murder hornets. Like, let's have a grievance against murder hornets. Why do we have to pile on murder hornets? 
They're up the street from me. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, there's so many things that we could just grieve about. And and then now, I don't know if you guys saw this, but we have aliens now because aliens have dropped this yeah. sculpture in the middle of Utah. And then they, no, it's they gone took now. it. And it's, it's gone now. But now it showed up in Romania. I mean, so now we have aliens here at the end of 2020. It's like, get over yourself. Honestly, did you ever yeah. think there weren't aliens in Romania? No, I, I well, I thought vampires right here on the podcast. Vampires yeah. more, but aliens close second. So <laughs> I'm not going to even eat dinner now. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, Paul. You're right, Paul. Would you like to air a grievance against 2020? Uh, I I don't know if this is a real grievance. I mean, I I, I feel the spirit of yelling at 2020, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, with the amount of loss so many people have had, you know, in terms of careers and jobs and money and family and you know, it's, it's been rough, but, um, I think I'll just add to the pile, you know, and, uh, and hurt Todd's inner child and, and, and talk about the fact that I want hazy beers to go away. Fuck I'm you. tired of them. Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck invited you yeah, on this podcast? Yeah. Away, Paul? Yeah. Oh, he had time to get I off the hazy train. I couldn't even listen to, to the biases you. because it has to be good for me to dislike it or something. You know, Every time I go, I was out at a brewery in Eastern Washington having some magnificent wine, and I walked into this great brewery, and they had twelve beers on tap, and six of them were hazies. Oh, six of them perfect. I didn't like. Perfect. That's beautiful. <laughs> I'm gonna move there. <laughs> what was that? Serves you right for drinking wine. What the hell? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> First I wasn't mistake. even gonna go there. I was gonna leave <laughs> sure, that one alone. Sure. Tom, you have a grievance there. Well, like everybody said, 2020 in general's you know the easy easy target. Uh, but the thing that I missed out on most, uh, was graduations and the fact that I missed not one, but two graduations this year for my son and my daughter college and high school respectively. And then to piggyback on that, just the big family celebration trip with six kids graduating, promoting all that fun stuff to Hawaii. That was going to be the, the family trip of a lifetime there. So screw you 2020. You really effed me over. And Joe. Oh, I'm having a hard time picking. Um, part of me, <laughs> part of me wants to just air specific grievances at Paul for the hazy comments for sure. Yeah, <laughs> right. I can handle it. Part of me wants to air grievances at Tom for, I didn't even know about this Hawaii trip. I for sure wasn't invited. Yeah, you weren't. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. So that's uncomfortable, but, uh, I'm going to take us back to March 11th. I'm going to, yeah, I'm a rule follower. I'm following Frank Costanza's rules. Look at, I'm going to air my grievances against you guys. <laughs> March, <laughs> March 11th, last time we podcasted at our, at my house, my phone rings. It's my daughter. We're trying to podcast. We're trying to figure this all out. Uh, St. Patrick's the, day episode, the St. Patrick's day episode, hundred percent. And, uh, my, you know, we find out the borders are closing you all encourage me to fly my daughter home. That's what a responsible <laughs> father does. I did not. <laughs> I see where this is going. <laughs> I see where this is going to. I am I am probably the only American that paid eighteen hundred dollars to get COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Flew my daughter home at your guys' <laughs> recommendation, who happened to have. Uh, picked up COVID in Prague and brought it home promptly to our house. So. I hundred percent know I didn't encourage that because I was too distraught. Because that was also when we found out Tom Hanks, 
the delightful I, Tom Hanks. Yeah, delightful Tom Hanks. I was yeah, too distraught to think of anything yeah. else. Yeah, you were. You were yeah, Your daughter you were was yeah. was a way second thought to the delightful yeah. American uh, treasure uh, that is yes. Tom Hanks. Yeah, that's a fair point. So I'm airing my grievances to everybody except for Jeff. Thank and you. I'm airing my grievances at Jeff because he didn't care about my daughter. Yes, that's I did care go. about her. <laughs> Good point. Just came second to the delightful Tom Hanks. Hey, you know, all this talking, where's the beer? Where's the drinking? Yeah, fair. That's a good point. Is this a Very beer good. podcast? It hey, you were in charge podcast. of beer number two. Tell us what Let's we're drinking. Let's go. All right. Hey, this is uh, a yum, yum, yum beer from Figaro Mountain Brewery in Santa Barbara. Are you guys ready? I'm, I'm ready. ready. We all have a big bomber beer. Yeah. This is Schraderbrow. 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 There you Hank go. Hank Schrader from uh, my second favorite TV show, Seinfeld yeah. being my favorite comedy and Breaking Bad being my favorite drama. Hank Schrader's beer. My wife picked up a case of this on our way back from Santa Barbara and brought it home, sharing it with you guys. Thanks for sharing. Thank you. Thanks, Monica. And it's excellent. Is it weird that I've never seen Breaking Bad? Am I the one person oh, who never man. watched it? When when you decide that you're going to spend two weeks staring at a TV on the edge of your seat, frustrated, delighted, it's so freaking good. It's good. It's, it's well really good. Anyways, yeah, this and, you, and Paul, you've known me yeah. a long time. I don't get that excited about TV shows. <laughs> Breaking Bad is freaking good. It's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> is the chemistry good? Yeah. Oh, everything's good. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, well played. I was going to air a grievance at Paul for not seeing Breaking Bad, but the, yeah, that was a great I willingly accept it. So, anyway, what do you guys think I about am, the Mars I am the easy. <laughs> it's a great Mars. I love it. I think it, it is yeah, fantastic. Do, yeah. yeah. Hey, we've had two 4. good beers tonight. Yeah. Yeah, easily yeah. four. I'll give it a four. It's everything you want from Marzen. I agree. I've had it before. And I liked it then, and I like it now. I'm going 4.5 again. Yeah, I went 4.25, Todd. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I gave it the bomber. The bomber bump is what they call it. Yeah. So since you brought extra for me, I'm giving a little bump. I think that means Will gets paid twice tonight. What's it is your lips? It's so good. Will's got to get his hands off Melange again. <laughs> I'm gonna air my grievance against airline vouchers versus refunds since I'm stuck with a bunch of them, and that goes double for vouchers with an expiration date. I have vouchers that are going to expire before COVID's over. Assholes. Oh, yeah. That, that is bad. Oh. That's not even a funny funny grievance. I'm sorry. I can't even make any I fun know. of that one. So, Yeah, yeah no. That just makes I know. Cry, I'm just, it's a serious grievance. Yeah, that's a serious one. We're supposed one. to wow. move into the feats of strength right now, yeah. but we're not going to hold to that. We're not going to hold to that tradition, and here's why. Uh, for listeners outside, you guys know why. You can figure this out. But for listeners that don't know us, the doctor is a freakish athlete. He's a tall, sinewy, skinny, but full of muscle guys, good at all sports. Wow. Not going to tangle with the doctor. Especially not in the outfit he's wearing right now. No, no, no. The lipstick, get all over me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talent is good at everything. So if we decide to do feats of strength, he just look up like Greco-Roman wrestling or jujitsu or whatever we're going to do on YouTube, watch like two videos and suddenly be a master of it. So that's no good. Tom is the most competitive person I've ever known. Good point. Even if you were beating him at a feat of strength, he's never going to give up. He's not going to stop. True. <laughs> He'll either beat you by pure will or stubbornness or the battle will just go on forever. Ever. 
So that's no good. True, true. Paul's a guest and he's all slippery from the showering. That's a good point. Very good point. <laughs> Lots of soap. And Lots the Christmas soap. soap. Yeah. Yeah. And Joe, well, Joe's like a he's like a beautiful porcelain doll, fragile but stunning in beauty. And I'll be wow. damned if I'm gonna let this dainty, delicate delight of a man be marred in some barbarous row. So apparently holds a grievance for a long yeah. time i do so I do. this is Ultimate. a no-win situation so i'm gonna put a halt to the feats of strength this year plus i'm not sure how we do it on a on a zoom call anyway instead i have for your continued education i bet you didn't know oh. festivus edition oh perfect nice Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. But I bet you didn't know that Festivus is real and predates Seinfeld. Anybody know that? No, I did not know that. Did not know that. Nope. No. no. I was caught unawares. Educational podcast. Yeah. Now I'm waiting. What is your interest? Well, just tell me everything. Many Christmases ago, I went to buy a doll for my son. <laughs> I reached for the last one they had. But so did another man. As I rained blows upon him, I realized there had to be another way. What happened to the doll? It was destroyed. But out of that, a new holiday was born. A Festivus for the rest of us. The writer of that Festivus Seinfeld episode titled The Strike is Daniel O'Keefe. And according to O'Keefe, it was his father, Daniel O'Keefe Sr., who started Festivus in 1966. Oh, wow. And at the time, Festivus had no set date. It never actually occurred at Christmas time. They just picked different times of the year to hold Festivus. He did design it to be a secular, free from all religious and commercial aspects. And the very first 1966 Festivus marked the one-year anniversary of his date with his soon-to-be fiance, Deborah. And like Frank would be in the fictional version, Daniel would use a tape recorder as, as his family grew, as he got married and his family grew, he'd, he'd use a tape recorder to record the Festivus get-togethers. And there was an airing of grievances where family members were encouraged to speak up about whatever was bothering them. So I think that's kind of funny. That is funny. That is, yeah. It's like most of our Thanksgivings now. Yeah, right. it's true. There was no aluminum pole. However, he always brought a bag and a clock with no explanation. Sometimes the clock was in the bag. Sometimes they were separate. When asked, as he was each year, uh, why a clock and a bag, he always responded with the same comment, that's not for you to know. <laughs> Which sounds very <laughs> Frank Costanza, doesn't it? makes it? sense. Though. Yeah. Uh, there was no costumes, no holiday wear, no ugly sweaters, but unique hats were encouraged. Daniel O'Keefe Jr. recalls Viking helmets, Boy Scout caps, dunce caps being created and decorated and worn for the occasion. The youths and the Utes in the family were uh, encouraged to design hatware to be revealed on the night of the c- celebration. Just think about like how much fun that would be. Like if you your family had like that tradition, like your the kids would look forward to that all year long. Like that, that's pretty awesome, actually. I love the idea of hats. Yeah, the, yeah. The unique it's hats. Yeah. Wrestling matches between brothers were common and encouraged. So there's the origin of feats of strength. And when the when they were writing the episode. Daniel O'Keefe Jr. did not want to use his family's old tradition in a Seinfeld episode. He thought it was embarrassing and it kind of 
you know, was embarrassing for his family. The writing team knew about it. They talked about it for years and they were insisting and the other writers would not hear a word of his refusal. So they uh, insisted on digging deeper into the holiday to mine for comedy gold that became the the strike Festivus episode in the last season of Seinfeld. And lastly, the phrase, a Festivus for the rest of us is the O'Keefe family motto pronounced each year during the celebration. It was originally used as a way to honor relatives who had passed away that year and weren't able to come to the celebration. Nice. Mm, wow. So there's your Festivus. I bet you didn't know. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Did not know. That's did not brilliant. Know. Brilliant. Well done. I'm educated. Yeah. Yeah. That's why brilliant. people tune in. You probably want to pass that around to UW. Yeah. Let them know. Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys doing distance learning at UW? Heck yeah. Yeah. So they can just uh, listen to this I'll, podcast, I'll, whatever the major. Oh, they're all listening. Uh, it is it is very interesting because while the hospital and all research is happening, so I'm still quite busy. Um all the students are gone. So while there are hundreds and hundreds of people in the building doing 24-hour, seven-days-a-week research, um, the thousands and thousands of students are in their dorm rooms watching us broadcast our classes online. And they should be listening to I Like Beer, the podcast, to get smarter. That's true. Yep. Right. <laughs> it would not be a holiday celebration without the doctor. True. But of course. <gasps> I'm so excited for this. <laughs> Question is, Paul, are you fugging excited about this? <laughs> no, I'm I'm borderline Buddy the Elf excited right oh, now. Oh, wow, that's exciting. Because <laughs> I like to interject and own the room. Sure. I, I cracked into a nice pilsner and to palate cleanse between the uh festivus and what i'm gonna whatever i'm gonna drink next smart uh and uh this pilsner this driven well, you're gonna want to cleanse before this beer or not a beer so here we go <laughs> welcome to beer or not a beer everyone knows how this game works ready i'm gonna name four beers tell me which one i made up three are real one is not a real beer paul you ready word word all right, so here we go. The holidays are upon us. So these beers have to do with holly, the plant we kiss under during the holly days. Ready? Here we go. So many people remember their first kiss. The first beer is First Kiss, an IPA. Got that? Beer number two. If it's not your first kiss, eh, maybe, you know, a little more adventurous. It's a French kiss, which is a sour. Beer number two is French kiss, a sour. So unfortunately, or uh, or unfortunately, whatever, you're around family during the holidays. Maybe the beer you're drinking is kissing cousins, kissing. <laughs> so maybe you're kissing cousins under the holly. <laughs> and if your family, that's beer number three, kissing cousins. If your family's really close, maybe you're having some hoppy incest. <laughs> beer number four is hoppy incest. So ready, Paul? Here we go. Here's the four beers. First kiss. French Kiss, Kissing Cousins, and Hoppy Incest, which is not a beer. Paul says, well, first of all, I suck at this game. So unless I know the beers, I always get it wrong. Uh, So I'm going to go with First Kiss. First Kiss. Paul says First Kiss. All right. 
Uh, let's go with Soundman Tom. What kind of beer are the last two? We had what? What the heck, Tom? <laughs> Can I have that in a sentence, please? Yeah, yeah. No, I could, I could drill the country uh, of game, origin. Yeah, country. Of, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you want me to use it in a sentence? Brewery of origin. All right. Then you language of country origin. Of origin? The, yeah, country of origin. Kissing Cousins is an American ale. Hoppy Incest is actually a double IPA. I'll go with first kiss as well. First kiss, producer Joe. Only to support Paul, I'm going to go with first kiss. First kiss. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go with influencer Jeff. I'm going French kiss. French kiss. Although I think the sour was a nice twist. If you had, si- had said saison, you would have, I wouldn't have picked it. You wouldn't have done uh-huh. <laughs> The sour. All right. nice. And talent? Yeah, I'm going to go French kiss as well. French kiss. Well, ready. Yep. First kiss. Is an IPA from Three Sheep. <laughs> Come on, Paul. <laughs> I suck at my job. And I wait, suck at my job. From, the clue should have been I suck at this game. From yeah. Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Uh, that's, that's Three Sheep's Brewing. Sheboygan, yeah. French Kiss is a sour from, it's actually several breweries Bullfrog Brewing in <laughs> Williamsport, Pennsylvania, Empire Farms Brewery in Casanova. We, we lost many. Yeah, you guys double lost. Yeah, yeah, we lost yeah, multiple. We all lost. Thanks, Paul. Kissing Cousins. Kissing Cousins is an American ale from Alibi Brewing. Not Alibi in Lake Tahoe, but Alibi Brewing in Auckland, New Zealand. And the brew I made up was Hoppy Incest. You know where you threw me off was when you went double IPM. You had said any other type. And then, and then when you threw in the sour with God, the French kiss, it. I was like, that's close enough. Yeah, well, God yeah. sells it. So by asking for the, the uh, type of beer, you threw us off. There. No kidding. I'm like, I had incest. circled Thanks, Hoppy Tom. Incest and he goes double yeah. IPM. I'm like, oh yeah, that's totally a double IPM. You should have known. You should have known. No, no, you're too good. No, but that was good. You just came up. Double IPA. That was great. You're my hero, Todd. You are my hero. This has been another edition of Beer or Not a Beer. Thanks for playing, Paul. Every fiber in my being had to not whistle to that. The <laughs> but I still had to step on the end of it. It'll right be now in your head the whole rest of the night, though. So. <laughs> Happy Festivus, everyone. Paul, the shower beer guy, thanks for joining us. Listeners, thanks for spending the hour with us. We hope you and your families enjoy a wonderful holiday. Stay safe. We'd love to keep celebrating, but right now we got to climb up into the crawl space to get the Festivus pole. Cheers. Until you pin me, George, Festivus is not over. (laughs) Please, somebody stop this. Let's rumble! Come on, be sensible. Stop crying and fight your father. Ow! Ow, I got This is the best festival ever!